0: Hi, and welcome to Soul Powerful Parables, stories of rhyme, reason, and God's truth. I'm your host, Dana Buck. Thanks for listening. And if you like the story, please consider subscribing and give us a five-star rating where you enjoy your podcasts. It really helps us. We'd also love to hear from you, so contact us on Facebook at Soul Powerful Parables. Now, settle in, and let's have a story.
1: Dry, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. O God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my body longs for you, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Psalm 63, verse 1. As Christians, there are times when we feel dry and alone. When we do. God is often at work.
0: Dry, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. Standing still and rigid, arms held firmly at my sides. There's not a breath of wind, no sound of water, sea, or tide. With head still bowed and motionless, my eyelids slowly raise allowing what's before me to come clear before my gaze. The ground is dry and cracked, like ancient veins, like spiderwebs. No shadows cast their presence as the sun's right overhead. Glancing to the left of me and then back to the right, no break in this oblivion occurs within my sight. I turn and look behind me, hoping there to see a sign but the constant desolation finds no break in its design. With no sense of my direction, no clear north by which to guide, I hesitate to move, to take a wandering step or stride. I bend my yielding knees and sit myself upon the ground, quite disturbed and disconsolate in this place where I am found. I know I'm in a dream, yes of that much I am sure, and every dream concludes, I tell myself to reassure. But time seems to be absent in this place so God-forsaken, and I've no abiding confidence I ever will awaken. A keen pulse of adrenaline and preservation races, urging me to find a roadway, river, village, or oasis. I've got to solve this riddle. Yes, I've got to think this through. For surely there's some task here, surely something I must do. And if I can complete it, find the challenge and contend, then perhaps this spell of emptiness and solitude will end. But what could be the mission? What undertaking to be done in this land that offers only lifeless earth and sky and sun? Well, I'll never know by sitting here, so to my feet I rise and set off in the direction that lays out before my eyes. Step by measured step, I carry on, no pause or weaving, attended only by my footfalls and the rhythm of my breathing. No change in the topography, no sign by which to steer, no vantage point, no landmarks, no objective far or near. I can't be unsuccessful failure, useless victim, martyr. So in mounting desperation, I resolve to try much harder. I break into a trot. More inborn effort must be spun. And when that proves ineffective, in my growing rage, I run. Arms and legs full churning, head and heart and lungs all pound me, as if by mere exertion I can change the world around me. Till finally my stamina and moxie are no more and I stand in circumstances just as dismal as before. So I sit and feel impotence start to overtake my spirit and cry out in raw frustration, though there's not a soul to hear it. Spent now from my outburst, I resolve to find some traction, accepting that I can't escape this desert through my actions. Lacking other options, I am handicapped until... I begin to think this ground may be a matter of my will. If futile acts and efforts fail to somehow free me of it, perhaps my mind, my attitude, can help me rise above it. The more I think this through, the more this tactic seems the key. The mastery of the outside must be found inside of me. I close determined eyes, a look of smugness on my face, convinced I found the secret to be exiting this place. Summoning my strength, now focused to my deepest core, my mind commands, awake and be a prisoner here no more. With all my being centered on this rallying decree, I expect to find a warm embrace where wasteland used to be. So, opening one wary eye to deftly take a peek, I see a world still desolate, still featureless and bleak. My spirits doused in worry like a foul and stinging ointment with no antidote to remedy my sense of disappointment. If taking forceful action leaves my fortune so bereft and focusing my mind's no good, then what do I have left? Something else is missing, absent, like this empty ground. I feel just like a wretch, so lost, so longing to be found. Lost? Lost? But now I'm found. I know I've heard those words before. The lyrics to a song, a poem? No, it's something more. A feeling of contentment, fear, uncertainty allayed. An accepted invitation, a decision I once made. It happened on a Sunday. I distinctly can recall when a friend invited me to come to services last fall. The words were penetrating, seemed intended just for me, of a savior and forgiveness and how he beckoned, follow me. And so I prayed a prayer and felt a feeling of release, of new purpose and acceptance, tranquility and peace. Oh, the feelings I discovered, the emotions I adored. I desired to go deeper. Yes, I wanted even more. So I spent my days and weeks in this fanatical pursuit, seeking fervent revelations and profuse, impassioned fruit. But then a strange thing happened, when for height and depth I prayed, seemed the pleasure and excitement and the feel began to fade. Something had abated, though my prayers were more intense. I was failing to achieve the same emotions I had sensed. Was it all just an illusion, just a temporary high, a momentary flood that only left me bare and dry? The more that I requested, God, please give me more of you, the more those feelings vanished like the sun upon the dew, till I found myself adrift, just like a ship without a prow, abandoned and alone, just like I feel abandoned now. I close my tired eyes and wrap my arms around my knees, when all at once I feel the slightest stirring of a breeze. I also catch a scent, fine as a whisper someone spoke. It's the smell of shore and ocean with the slightest hint of smoke. I struggle now to stand, my feet and legs so tired and numb, yet I hurry the direction whence the welcome fragrance comes. The landscape is unchanged, the earth still flat against the sky. But now I sense that something lies beyond my ears and eyes. My walk this time is different. It's not filled with desperation. I'm infused with all the hope of someone with a destination. I feel like a seeking man whose curiosity is wizened when a scattering of wispy clouds appear on the horizon. The land slopes gently upward. I can feel it with each step. My legs grow ever stronger, more sure-footed, more adept. Till I finally top the crest and I can see the ocean's reach. Where the water meets the shoreline, there's an open strand of beach. From this elevated perch, a burst of wonderment is sired when I spy a single figure, crouched, relaxing near a fire. As I stand in awed confusion, my astonishment is crowned when the figure stands and waves an invitation to come down. My circumstances change from that of desperate to beguiling as I make my way to where this man waits patiently and smiling. His face is unfamiliar. I have no knowledge of his name. In spite of this, I have the sense I know him all the same. "'Looking where the fire is hotly flickering and back, "'I see he's cooking fish upon a handmade wooden rack. "'I thought you might be hungry from your day out in the sun. "'Won't you join me at the fire, for these fish are nearly done. "'Still in search of understanding, I sit down upon the sand "'and receive a piece of fish and also bread he has on hand. "'Please enjoy your meal,' he pours us both, a cup of wine.' "'for fish and bread are certainly a specialty of mine.' "'His eyes display a flash of humor futile to resist, "'and with arms atop his knees I can see scars upon his wrists. "'Then I hear my voice address him as he sips the wine he poured. "'I thank you for the food and drink and warming fire, Lord.' "'You're welcome,' he replied and looked a moment out to sea. "'After all this time,' I wasn't sure if you'd remember me. Oh, I remember, I intoned. It's tricky to forget when you're slighted and neglected like an inconvenient debt. He winced so ever slightly, brushed some sand off of his knee. Is that what's in your heart and what you really think of me? I shrugged my tired shoulders, felt my new resilience shrink, and replied with weary sadness, It's not what I want to think. But how can I feel differently? Forget the past, I frowned. When I wanted you the most, you just were nowhere to be found. Was that the holy strategy? Was that your master plan? What now? Recite a poem about some footprints in the sand? I looked away in gloom, afraid I'd made a sinful gaff. So imagine my surprise when next I heard the Savior laugh. Come on, he said with mirth, no sign of anger, outraged glory. I've always kind of liked the moral of that little story. Besides, you're not the first to claim I failed to love and guide them when all the time they failed to see me standing right beside them. I recall your last petition, that most fervent prayer you prayed, that you wanted to go deeper. Wasn't that the ask you made? It was. I looked right at him. Yes, that was my last request. Not money, fame, or fortune, no fine car, no treasure chest. Not ending war or famine, curing leprosy or cancer. Just give me more of you. And I never got an answer. I couldn't cap my bitterness that spilled there on the sand. My head was bowed in anguish when I felt his gentle hand. You prayed my favorite prayer the one I long to hear confessed, the one that really matters, the one I'll always answer yes. But, my precious one, you look for my response to be revealed in your emotions, your relation, how you felt and how you feel. The truth you must experience, the truth that my blood bought, is to know my steadfast presence, whether you feel it or not. I raised my head and he could see confusion in my eyes, but his patience never wavered, seemed it only grew in size. You're made in my Father's image, not just physically, and so all the things you feel, your senses, the emotions that you know, they tell you of his character, amazing grace and love, and reveal the heart that man in him can be capable of. Yes, these emotions are a gift the Father gives to you, but not the thing you chase and single-mindedly pursue. The key to going deeper that must maturate and shift is to learn to seek the giver and not idolize the gift. A light of understanding like a dawn barely begun invaded now my reason through these words shared by the Son. I saw my quest for Jesus, saw it for what it had been, a desire for sensations and not a true desire for him. Embarrassment consumed me and I felt I'd been undressed as I summoned up my courage to acknowledge and confess. But Jesus raised his hand as if he knew my very thoughts and his words untied this heart so shackled hopelessly in knots. I love you far too much to let you mire in that place. That's why I brought you here for an encounter face to face. Don't get me wrong. Emotions are a blessing, a bequest of all my father's handiwork. I think I love them best. But wrapped in fallen flesh, they can become so spry and fleeting, inconsistent, overbearing, always rising and retreating. The reason that I take you to this place that you call dry, so you can know my presence in all circumstance. That's why. In loneliness, I called you. Desperation, I was there. In suffering and heartbreak and confusion and despair, you'll never be without me. Never walk one day alone. I choose to call you friend, and I always keep my own. I'd never felt this happy. Then I slap my head, oh boy, Jesus laughed, don't worry. What you're feeling now is joy. No circumstance can give it, and no happenstance can make it. No trial can overcome it, and no enemy can take it. It's yours because you love me. It's a gift to let you know that I have my arms around you, and I'll never let you go. He gently squeezed my shoulder, then stood up against the sky, Well, my friend, I must be going. I've got other fish to fry. Remember what I told you. I will always be in reach. He turned into the sunset and then ambled up the beach. Epilogue I opened fastened eyes, then stretched my arms and legs for feeling and focusing see patterns in the plaster of my ceiling. The covers of my bed, so warm and mounded just like hills, embrace me as the morning tries to touch me with its chill. My dream is finally over, but its memory carries on. Are the words he spoke still mine, or like the shore and sea, now gone? I quick escape the blankets and now seated on my bed Replay the conversation, all the things my Savior said. I want it to be real. Yes, I so want it to be true. That Jesus knows my name and makes my tired journey new. Looking down, I feel a sense of wonder start to bloom. And soon my laughter echoes from the rafters of my room. So this is what you meant by joy. You're doing, I suppose. As I rejoice and contemplate the sand. Between my toes.
1: If you've walked with Christ for any length of time, you've been there. Call it what you will, all Christians will visit the dry place eventually, and probably more than once. Why does Jesus allow us to spend time in a place where it seems so hard to touch and feel Him? The answer? Because He loves us. Which of us who have had a conversion experience can ever forget the powerful feelings and emotions that resulted? These are gifts acting as a confirmation that a loving God has touched our lives in a profound way. Our feelings and emotions can bless us and serve to guide us in a deeper relationship with Him and each other. But the disconnect comes when we find ourselves pursuing the gift more than the giver. When we begin to directly associate the reality of His presence with how we feel at a given time, we have consigned Him to the fickle and fleeting whims of our emotions. Like any good parent, God desires to see us mature as we walk with Him. The Apostle Paul wrote, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish things behind me. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. Jesus takes us to the dry place to mature us and to show us that he is present and working whether we feel him or not. The realization of that fact allows our relationship with him to transcend our unreliable emotions. This is where we can grow, mature, and live into the fullness of all that God has designed for us. Don't fear the dry place, for it's there that God often does his most profound work.
0: We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Dry was written and narrated by Dana Buck. Devotional thoughts were narrated by Kim Pratt, and this episode was produced by Beneath Blue Skies Productions. So Powerful Parables is a ministry of So Powerful, a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering women and girls and combating extreme poverty in the African country of Zambia. To find out more visit our website at sopowerful.org. Also, check out our books, So Powerful Parables and We Are So Powerful, both available on Amazon. All proceeds from the sale of these books go to support the work of our ministry. And finally, check out our other podcast, The So Powerful Podcast, featuring interviews with those who have been touched by this special organization. Until next time, May your life always be filled with beautiful rhymes.